still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. everybody good morning good morning good morning to all of you <laughs> it's a weird morning i can tell you that much uh sorry about being a little bit late yeah but we're ready to roll we thought we we're gonna be early i started prepping for the show <laughs> last night and i'm like i'm so ahead of the game and then somehow we end up to like later than we've ever been so uh thanks for your patience but uh it's the morning show i'm mark and i'm nicole and we're gonna answer some questions about woodworking i'm gonna grab questions from patreon and nicole is gonna grab them from the YouTube, yeah. the live chat. The live chat. Uh, we want to thank some people we who helped us people. out. I have one in particular that I'm very thankful for. Um, so folks who want to just kind of help us financially, we always appreciate that. It's definitely not required, but certainly appreciated um, over at Patreon. Mm-hmm. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisper. And then also on YouTube, there's a little join button for their little membership program. Pretty much the same thing. It's just happening on YouTube. Uh, and those folks helped us out there as well. So Matthew Kelly, uh, Jerry Tolbert. Jerry, Dr. Jerry. Dr. Jerry. Jerry. You're so Uh, nice. Paul Tarter, Doug Terrell, or Terrell, Stephen Ho, J.A. Schatz, Andy Schmittnar, and Kim Colwell. Is it Jash? Jashitz? Jashitz? Jashatz? Jashatz. I have no idea, but it's all one word. (laughs) So I know Jerry because we were on a podcast together. Oh, really? Yes. We were on the first season of America, I always mess it up. It's such a long title. America's next next best top top podcaster. America's next top podcaster. Jerry was one of the contestants. Oh yeah, and I, I love him. He's so nice, okay. and I actually formed a lot of friends via that podcast. So mm-hmm. if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go Google America's next top podcaster. Brian Ibbett over at Coverville is still doing that podcast. That's awesome. I dropped Brian's out of judging. Great. The first season because I'm like, I can't take this. It's a lot of work. I can't. Well, it's not even about the work. I just felt bad. It's being, responsibility. I felt bad being critical of people. Anytime I have done like a woodworking oh, um, yeah. competition, right? even the simplest things. Like we did that one for our friends in Arizona. Yep. They had a little local thing and it was a bunch of like 12 year old kids. Yes, don't crush a dream. And they're making videos of God. these great things that they've made. But I have to tell like three of them that they're better than the others yeah you know and it was like that is a tricky thing to do you got to get into a certain mindset it was just hard yeah. for me to, oh, to be critical of people and i, I even there are a few of them that i was i, won't, I wouldn't say mean to but i just yeah. i felt bad <laughs> i felt bad it's a tricky thing to do <laughs> all right so i wanted to let you guys know about something um it was brought across oh yeah it was you know something that someone posted in the facebook group for the guild uh, the Gamble House Virtual Tour. Did you guys have a chance to see this? I'm going to show it to you real quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time there, but I think you might find this compelling because I sure did. I, I, well, this is how realtors have been showing houses right. through the pandemic. And the people at the Gamble House said, hey, we could we, we could do, do this. That too. So if you think of Google Street View where you just kind of click through and you could walk through the house... Uh, if you're not familiar, Green and Green, uh, they make those beautiful bungalows. I'm, I'm having trouble with a trackpad here. <laughs> I would, I, Hello. Oh, 
oh look, there's uh, there's two people. Those must. I wonder if those are the um, the owners. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what are they? Pro- the Proctor is it Proctor and Gamble? I believe. I don't know. Yeah, because it's the Gamble House, Nicole. Mm. Hence the name. I'm so okay. stupid today. Why why isn't it called the Proctor House? Uh, because the Proctor didn't buy it. Oh, Gamble okay. did. <laughs> All right, but check this out. You can actually go through the entire house. You can even snap measurements in here if you need to. I don't know how accurate it is, but um, you have little dots that you can click on with important information. There's videos embedded in there. Um, I'm not going to make you guys go through all this right now, but I highly recommend you check it out. If you have any interest in green and green, the the Gamble House is amazing. It was transformative for me to visit it in person. I've been there twice. Was it the inside that was featured in Back to the Future? Doc Brown's or was... Okay, so this is my understanding of it, and uh, I, I really research these things a lot, Nicole. Okay. Uh, so Doc Brown's house in Back to the Future yeah. is the exterior of the Gamble house. Yes. And then at one point, he runs from the house to, to the, the garage. garage. That is all filmed in Pasadena. Yeah. The interiors of the house, from what I understand, were filmed at the Blacker house. That's a oh, different house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a private owner at this point, but they were able to use the interiors to film parts of Back to the Future. And then Zathura is another movie yep. that people uh, tend to confuse with this, which the exterior is a green and green bungalow, but it is not the Gamble House. It is not the Blacker it's House. Just a- it's another house that, again, is privately owned. And the interiors were filmed on a set. And as I understood it, um, I think it was Favreau directed yep. that movie. Uh, the interiors were made and then destroyed Aww. after it was done, but they made it look like green and green wow. on the inside. So that's some of the movie history. That's interesting. Uh, but they're great. They're great buildings, great uh, homes that just, if you're making a movie and you want an interesting setting for a house, a green and green house mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Hey, we just got a super chat from Naughty Burl Woodworks. He said, just for answering all my questions on Instagram. I appreciate oh. it. Well, hey, I'm glad to do it. <laughs> Always glad to do it. Thanks, Naughty. So spend some time there. Check that out. We're going to put the link in uh, the hoochie. What do you call it? So I, I'm I'm going, why don't I have my normal uh, controls here? Uh, it's because I'm underneath the Whis- Wood Whisper Espanol account. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hey. Hola, everyone. We have, uh, if, you, if you happen to speak Spanish, if Spanish is your native language, we have a lot of the Wood Whisper videos dubbed in Spanish. It's actually really well done. I mean, it looks really like a well kung done. fu movie. A a Spanish bit. kung fu movie, yeah. if you can imagine such a thing. But it was uh, someone put some care and attention into yeah, the translation. Pa- a company called Paper Cup, uh, and then they realized we weren't really a viable, <laughs> a viable source. They weren't making enough money off of <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, it was just wasn't happening fast enough, and that's okay. But Maybe they... the problem is I look Spanish. You know what I mean? So the translation thing was just <laughs> annoying. They're like, why isn't he just speaking Spanish? So if you just look up Wood Whisper Espanol, you'll find a ton of videos. Uh, me dubbed and Mark yeah. dubbed. I kind of like pretty good. I kind of like to see myself dubbed. It's fun to watch. In Spanish. So there you go. Okay, let's get to some questions, Nicole. All right. Enough let's... of this uh, chit chat. Chit chat. Riff raff. You know it's cold here. It's very cold here. I, everybody in the chat room is talking about how cold it is it's there. It's so cold right now. Denver doesn't usually get this cold, so it's fun. Uh, that said, the mini split doing its thing. It's uh, it's going to be sub-zero temperatures, and that Mitsubishi is going to hold up. I hope. Okay, Sebastian Marchand says, for the Morley chair, uh, that's in the Wood Whisperer Guild. You can check that out. Philip uses the Panther router a lot, but mentions that using a domino should be fine. Do you think that it's worth setting the domino at the widest setting and making a floating tenon that matches that width? Uh, according to, he gave me a link, something on tenon widths. Uh, the widest setting makes the mortise 10 millimeters wider. 
Yeah, I mean, if it gets you closer to what Philip recommends you use as a regular size tenon, the wider you go, as long as the workpiece supports it, the better off you are. So is it worth it deviating from the world of dominoes just to do that? It's a personal decision. But yes, I actually think the joint would benefit from it. Then you're reducing the domino to simply a router, you know, like a, a weird shaped router. Uh, make your own tenons. And if that makes the joint wider, then sure, it's going to be stronger. So on a chair, yeah, probably worth it. Totally worth it. Totally. 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 Um, what else we got here? Dennis. Lots of questions. Nahorny. Dennis Nahorny. He says, I'm not, I'm not even going to take that bait, Nicole. Okay. I'm going to lay off. <laughs> What's the best thickness material to use as a template for routing, half inch or quarter inch? I don't know that I'm going to say there's a best. I think the best material is what you have laying around that's, that you don't have to pay a lot of money for, uh, something that's inexpensive and easy to replace. I tend to go to quarter inch because over the course of time, as you save these templates, if you do like most woodworkers and you put them up on a wall or put them in a storage space, the bigger and heavier they are, the more annoying they are to move around. Um, you don't need much bearing surface and quarter inch usually covers that. So uh, I go with quarter inch. If you're doing something that, you know, you want it to last even longer, you want more durability, then go with half inch, but uh, you don't need to go with half inch. I miss Robert Price's super chat. He said, a little something to shame those Duncan jerks into pulling, in, pulling their weight. Yeah. We would have been late. Nothing helps with a sponsor more than more than shaming them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. More of that, please. Uh, Mark was like, you think we got time for Duncan? I'm like, it was like 9-10. I'm like, no. She's like, screw them. They don't sponsor us. <laughs> I'm going to, to Starbucks. Oh, we just <laughs> home coffee. Okay. In my uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade mug Getting a phone today. call. You know what's weird? I don't get phone calls. It don't don't answer it. No, well, of course I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> I'm doing a show here. Don't they know? Don't they know? WPT asked a very important question. Uh, I want to know the secret to your marriage. You guys are so great together. Aww. Here's the secret to our marriage. We only show it publicly <laughs> one hour a week on YouTube. <laughs> And when you judge by that, everything's yeah, everything's great. Everything's, right? great. everything's yeah, perfect. perfect. That's the secret. Um, I'm noticing gray is not my color. It no? really brings out the gray in my hair. Oh yeah, it does, huh? Like excessively. So okay. Anyway, enough about me. So what is the secret to our marriage? Uh, I don't know, but I got to say, Jonathan Katz Moses is here, and he says Mahorny. Mahorny. <laughs> well, that was the guy. That guy's name was Mahorny. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. What's up, man? Nice of you to stop by. Maybe we'll talk more about the the marriage thing in the after show. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk woodworking. Sure, here. let's talk woodworking. We, we do have a question for Okay, me. Kurt Allen says, would you prefer a spiral upcut or downcut bit when making cuts on the taper maker? Uh, and did you find a power strip surge protector you especially liked for the gaming desk? Okay. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times we make a little bit more fuss about up spiral and down spiral. Um, a lot of times you want to think about the direction of tear out, like where is your, depending on what you're doing, where's the, where is the support for the work? It, you know, sometimes you have a piece on the bottom or you have a template on one side or the other. But here's the thing. Uh, I usually buy upcut spiral bits that usually works most often for my purposes. Uh, and it tends to pull the dust and the chips out of the hole, which is generally better. But if it's sharp, if it's a fairly new bit, I don't think you're going to notice much difference, right? So uh, typically I just recommend people buy the up spiral um, that's going to work in most situations, give you a nice clean cut, keep the bit from bluing and getting too hot. Uh, and the little minute bit of tear out that you might get from that, 
it's usually not anything to worry about until that bit really starts to be at the end of its life. So uh, uh, I don't stress about it too much. Jackie <clears throat> said, you did a demonstration of Ruby and Monocoat on a table a while back Heck in yeah, I did. one of your videos few of your videos. How is that table holding up? Have you had to reapply uh, the maintenance oil? The only thing I did was on our kitchen table, mm -hmm. I reapplied it, but we had, it wasn't like I, I refinished the whole thing. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I think what it was, is I switched to Rubio. Yeah. That's what I did on that one. And no, I haven't had to reapply. Um, we've got Rubio on a couple of furniture pieces, including our kitchen table, which, which is gets heavy use. The kids are hard on that table. Yeah, uh, we have a floor in the basement in the craft room. Uh, I've got a little bit of millwork downstairs that also is finished with that. Uh, I haven't had to reapply it to anything yet or, or reapply the, the universal maintenance oil. So, well, in fact, so far, so good. On the kitchen table, uh, <clears throat> one of the kids put this weird slime and just oh, left it overnight. Yeah, the, and it the tannin stain. It created like this weird. It was weird. It, it was a blob. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, you got that tannin stain. It was a little Yeah, they bottle. make a tannin remover. Yeah. A little so tiny bottle. A little bit of and it. Worked like it. a charm. Oh, man. It was that awesome. Was, that was really, really good. Uh, Alan Lilich Alan! says, okay, short question. Mark, did you make, oh, wait, I forgot to answer the question about the power strip. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just bought a regular power strip back there. I didn't really put too much thought into it. I think I went to Home Depot and bought one that... That looks good. Really what I needed was, because of the, the little um, holder in the back of the desk, I needed the outlets to be in a particular orientation, right? So that wall wart type things could plug in sideways. Mm -hmm. That was my biggest concern, and I didn't want it to be too big. So with those two th things in mind, I went to the store and bought a, a power, uh, uh, what do you call it, power strip. Okay, back to Alan's question. Alan. Um, did you make a cabinet a while back with drawer pulls that seemed to be sculpted right out of the drawer front? Uh, they were separate pieces, but the illusion was perfect. Longer explanation. I apologize for such a nebulous question, but I've not succeeded with various keyword searches on the public or guild sites. I accidentally del Okay, that's a lot of information. Uh, I think he's talking about my desk. Um, so the executive desk in the Wood Whisperer Guild, and I believe we did a, a free version of that uh, so summary too. video. Yeah, yeah, summary video. The top of the drawers had a larger strip attached to it of the same species, uh, and that strip was sculpted to kind of be almost like a little waterfall um, that you could then put your fingers under as a pool. So check the executive desk project. Uh, Rick Feldman wants to know when. Rick, 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 Rick. when. Will the new outfeed assembly videos and plans be available? God, guys. <laughs> um, soon, really soon, like a month soon. So <laughs> Is a month soon? <laughs> no. Todd says that he will try by the end of next week okay. to get the final edit to me. Okay. <laughs> I have the plans done. Shit. Oh, oh. shoot. <laughs> that doesn't happen often, and I apologize. <laughs> if you have young ones around with sensitive ears, my bad. Um, I... Lost my train of thought. Okay, so I think next week we'll have the video done, but I could I could put the plans up and put those up for sale. If people are like that interested and you want to get started, you'll have the cut list. You'll have a, a write-up. It'll be it's a fairly short write-up. You do want to watch the video, mm -hmm. but um, if people are in a rush and they want to get started, I could probably put that up for sale. Um, but next week, I think, is when we're expecting to have the video finally done, and then the whole package That's will good. be available. I just don't want people to get confused <laughs> yeah, if yeah. they don't have the video. Seth Down says, you all should be YouTube members of the channel. They have drawings for guild projects. Sometimes, actually, it's a new thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you get to support early Friday. Uh, so yeah, Seth is right. So on Patreon at the $5 level, we put the question, the post for questions, and then I pull from those and give out a project. We have a $5 level on YouTube, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to do that there, too. So that's what I've started doing the last couple of weeks. So that's what Seth is talking about. I can't believe I cursed. I'm pretty good about that. <laughs> yeah, like, if you yeah, guys have been yeah, with yeah. us for a while, I don't swear yeah. on this show. Yep. But it just, uh, sometimes it just squeaks out like a little turd. Okay, Yoso has a question. He says, it seems to me that when you need more working time on a glue-up, you tend to gravitate toward liquid hide glue instead of the extended time version of uh, PVA glues like Type Bond Extend, which are designed specifically for that purpose and cheaper and seem easier to work with. Can you please share your reasoning behind that? Well, that's not totally true. I have done uh, hide glue a couple different times just because I heard that the open time is good and I just wanted to, to try it out. Uh, most of the time, I would say that if I really need long open time, I'm going with epoxy. Um, that tends to give me better results, more consistent. I like working with it. It's in, and I've got a couple big jugs. Got some big, big jugs. Did Nicole. you? Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> did you use epoxy on the gaming table? Yeah. Yeah. But that was because I was veneering wood to plastic. Plastic. Okay. To plexiglass. Okay. So that's a whole different. Uh, yeah, thing. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, you know the the type bond extend glues and keep in mind i'm in a very dry environment here in denver so any water-based glue is going to dry pretty quickly even the stuff that has longer open time uh, and also with a water-based glue what you have is swelling of the joints so if you have a joint that fit kind of snug just because it gives you let's hypothetically say you know 10 you get 10 minutes of working time with it that's 10 minutes for water-based glue to sit on a joint and that joint will swell, and that makes it very difficult to assemble. So while you have longer open time, sometimes the PVA versions or those water-based glues are not the best choice for a long glue-up, just depending on what you're doing. So epoxy, uh, hide glue, these are things that are not... I think you can dilute hide glue with water, but there's definitely not as much water in it. Uh, Polyurethane glue, epoxy, these are glues that will sit on the wood and not necessarily swell the joints. So you still get the working time, plus you get a joint that goes together without a hammer. And that's usually why I will gravitate toward those. Apo Apina says, <clears throat> when do we get to see the live event about Nicole drilling holes in the Alfie table? <laughs> well, <clears throat> that was, uh, did we, we did get that recorded, did we, didn't we? Did we? I'm pretty sure we did. I, I, when I did it, I was like, we'll see if it that's comes not up. the right color. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see if it comes up in the edit. But I think we did actually get that recorded. Uh um, you know, speaking of recording things like that, um, funny moments like that. So the bandsaw blade break that happened last week, mm-hmm. I think it was. Was it last week? Uh, I did soon. get that recorded. So I have the video of it. And I can tell you it's not very exciting. Um, but I do have the video. <clears throat> I am considering doing a special video if the local people, the Rocky Mountain saw blade people, mm-hmm. are up for it. Uh, if they let me come down to their shop, I would love to film them doing a weld. Uh, show what that process is like and also talk about my experience and the break that I had uh, what could contribute to that um, you know and actually just get some information straight from the source of people who do this stuff every day Um, and and put that uh, you know the the video just showing it broke here's where I went Mm -hmm. this is how you fix it this is why it may have broken. Was it a bad weld? I think that would be good. I think it would be cool to talk about that. We haven't done anything you probably, on location. You should probably reach out to them. Or if they're <coughs> going to be watching, which I'm guessing they're probably not. Uh, they're probably busy working. They're probably busy working. <laughs> okay. Um, Lucas wants to know, do you know of any circle cutting jigs for the OF1400? I used to have a Jasper jig for previous routers, uh, but no good with a Festool. Don't see anything by Festool themselves. Surprisingly, maybe I missed something. 
Okay, well, I usually make my circle cutting jigs. Uh, if we're talking about like a trammel arm, super easy to make. I don't think there's a reason to buy one necessarily, but if you want to buy one, uh, you might check the new woodpeckers thing. I don't know if it's a one-time tool, but I know I saw some buzz about this crazy, you know, uh, multi-purpose jig that they have. And one of the things it's going to do is the circle cutting. And then what, always forget the name of that company, Empower. Was that the company that made the, the router thing? We even showed it on the morning show. It's a whole setup with an edge guide, a circle cutting jig. Yes, Empower. Empower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check them out. They also have a universal jig that might work for, for cutting circles. Uh, I'd have to bet Empower that if you, tools. if you contact maybe Rockler, they probably have a circle cutting jig as well that will fit on multiple routers. And I don't know if it fits on Festool, but it's worth looking is that into. Is that them? Yeah. Yep. yeah. They make sharpening stuff too. Yeah. They, uh, Excuse me. they were featured <clears throat> in a few of our morning show videos. There yep. you go. I'll put the link to Empower. You got some choices there, Lucas. Uh, Jason Stoffel says, are there any features you wish you would have added or left out of your executive desk? Uh, what would you alter if you had to build a replacement? Um, not really. I mean, the desk does everything I need it to do. I've added hard drives. I've added RAID enclosures. I've taken them away. Um, I don't know how much of the fan addition I put into that series. I'm not sure if I did an extra video on that. But I did add a fan system to exhaust the heat out of that compartment. That works great now. Um, but man, it, it was pretty well designed. I knew what I needed and everything's pretty good about it. I don't really use the wireless charging because I've got not only a case, but I've got credit cards. It's a credit card case with my driver's license and all that stuff. That makes it very difficult to charge even on a regular uh, wireless charger, but put that under a piece of wood and now it's almost impossible. Not almost, it is impossible to get that thing to charge through that little bit of wood that's on the surface. Mm. So um, I think I probably would skip that, but honestly, the only reason I added that was because I knew people would think it was cool. So he added it, <laughs> whatever. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I can't think of anything else. I mean, the, the, the cable management on that thing is fantastic. I have since added a double arm dual monitor. Um, how do you say it? Visa? Vesa? I don't care. I always hear it pronounced different ways. Cerveza? But a cerveza mount. <laughs> uh, one of those double arm units that holds my, uh, my iMac and my monitor, uh, secondary monitor, and it, it just works great. So uh, not a whole lot that I would change about it. Got a nice super <clears throat> chat from Fred Anton. Is it Anton? Anto. Anto. Fat Tuesday is next week. Okay. So I would like to buy you a Pakazig. I don't know how to say that. A Paski. What's that? I'm going to. Paxi? Paxi? I feel like it's like a. It sounds like something I should be it, able to eat. Yeah, it feels like a pastry to me. Let's can see I what, eat? Let's see what it is. If I it can is. Eat it. It's fried dough. Mm. <laughs> there it is. Oh, those look good. It's like a nice. jelly donut. Yeah, that looks delicious. Oh, it's Polish. Yeah, it definitely looked like a Polish word, so I can get behind that. Okay, I'll eat one of those. It looks like it's got powdered sugar. Yep. You know what sucks when you when you breathe in powdered sugar? Have you ever done that? No. So as you go to bite it, if you happen to be breathing at the same time, it's so light, <laughs> you suck it in, and then you, you know, choke to death for five seconds. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The powdered sugar choke? Oh, man. That looks good. Oh, pierogies. Punchki. So, he says it's pronounced punchki. Punchki. So pierogies... Are, those are Polish too, right? Mm -hmm. But your your grandmother was Hungarian. Yeah. And but they're also we usually they, pronounce that Hungarian. What did I say? Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <fine. laughs> 
Hungarian. I love how I'm making fun of the way you pronounce it. I know. We, but, considering that's can, one of my favorite like YouTube comments to get is my pronunciation yeah, yeah, of things. Yeah. Because I am from like the Philly area. <laughs> Suck it up. We both we both have a. Very, it's going to be interesting to see which accent traits mm-hmm. our kids take on. Who knows? <laughs> I want to I want to eat some punchkis. I can punchkis. tell you that much. Slap some punchkis in my mouth. <laughs> hey, do you guys know what you do, uh, what you're supposed to do before the real tickle? Don't do that here. <laughs> do you know what you're supposed to do before the real tickle? Yeah, yeah, I know. A couple of test tickles. Yeah. Okay. Nice dad joke. <laughs> I told that to Mateo yesterday. Yeah. It took him a while to get it. <laughs> Speaking of Mateo, you're holding on to this. Our son is cut from the same cloth from as his dad. Yeah, I'm raising he, him right. He made a little Valentine for his dad. You can't see it. Says, he learned about um, elephant shrews or shrew uh-huh. elephants. I don't know, but it's like a little mouse has a long nose, and he loves his. He was so proud of this pun. Yeah. Because he says, "Dad, I love shrew." I and love he, shrew. And that he drew <laughs> a little shrew, shrew elephant, and he was like, "Ha ha." Anyway. Okay, so I don't think there really is a Colorado accent. Um, but I'm sure there is. No, I don't think there really is. But the the only thing I've heard that Coloradans pronounce differently, if you're um, if you're actually like a local, mm-hmm. is the word Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's like color, Col- Colorado. 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 And when you hear someone pronounce it that way, you go, okay, this person is native. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I haven't heard any kind of mm-hmm. distinct Colorado accent. I'm sure there, it's there. Co- I'm sorry, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm out of questions, by the I way. I have lots. I've been I'm gathering out. them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from the Gorgon Bishop. Did I, say, I think I said his name right. He said his cutting board, end-grain cutting board, keeps warping. How does he stop that? Well, you stop making end-grain cutting boards. <laughs> Mark doesn't like That's it. That's the secret to my success. <laughs> He's like, I'll show you how to make them. I'm not going to say they're going to look good yeah, 10 the problem years from with now. It, I say this all the time. The problem with an end-grain cutting board is you are asking a lot of the wood as a natural product, to not do what natural products tend to do, uh, and that is move and shift. And you have a lot of fighting grain in an ingrain board, plus the most absorbent portion of a board or the most absorbent uh, face of a board is that end grain. And you're making a board completely comprised of that absorbent end grain. So you have to you know, go through a lot to make sure that it is not uh, soaking in water, but it still tends to be more absorbent than uh, you know, a face grain board would be. So you have all these glue joints. You've got just a lot going on that could contribute to a cutting board warping. The best things you can do, just using good kiln-dried material, good milling practices, good glue-up practices. I'd be curious what that board is made out of. Like, yeah. what are the woods that you used? It could be wood species that could yeah. be problematic. And then how the board is treated once it's made and brought into the kitchen. Uh, how waterproof it is, you know, how much it absorbs. Um, you know, there's times where we might spill something on the counter. And mm-hmm. if it seeps under the cutting board and you didn't realize it, you can get a real big problem at that point. Um, so you do have to be careful about water exposure in the kitchen. But there's so many variables that lead to a cutting board warping it's almost impossible to diagnose you know, from a distance sure. what actually happened, especially since things as simple as the glue-up. Uh, if you didn't apply pressure evenly across the surface, once you take that out of the clamps, sometimes you can get that little cup in it because your clamping pressure was you know, uh, sort of biased to one side. He says it's walnut maple that he made it out of. Mm-hmm. So. It's just that it, it's, a, it's anyone who makes end-grain cutting boards 
tends to work out these problems for the most part, and they send off good, clean, flat boards. Mm-hmm. But what happens after that point? You know, it, it, it's that's one of the reasons why I, I stopped selling them was because there's no way I could warranty this yeah. in a meaningful way. You know, so it's it's uh, kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, I got a question here from Scott Kane. Uh, good morning, Mark. Are you using a thirty-six? millimeter or 27 millimeter hose on your capex 120 where's your capex um, oh yeah i'm gonna go with the bigger number yeah that's not i don't know the millimeter sizes so they make the really fat one that's kind of like the shop vac size then they make the really skinny one which is the one that you're going to pop into like the domino and i think we're talking about the one that's in the middle that's a little bit bigger uh, I use the larger diameter. From what I understand, if you use the smallest size, you're really cutting off a lot of airflow on the Capex. It works a lot better with the bigger hose, but it is not the largest hose because I think that would require an adapter to fit. So again, I don't know the, the millimeter size diameter numbers, but what you got there? A super chat. I like it when you put them up on the screen. Uh, super chat from Martin Moses. You got a question? Underneath it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Sorry. Suggestions on building an expanding trestle table out of solid walnut i.e. keeping the table flat so that the leaves will stay lined up. I don't want to use breadboards. This goes back to the cutting board, right? Mm. Use good kiln-dried material. If you have the option to use maybe quarter-sawn or riff-sawn stock, that's something that will really help keep that thing nice and stable over time. Uh, If I had to do something like that, it might be hard to find, but I would seek out rift or quarter-sawn stock. Uh, It tends to be more stable and stay flatter, and in this case, it's an investment in the long-term survivability of this table. I would totally look into that. Outside of that, it's just a matter of using good, well-acclimated, dry material, um, giving it a good finish, and sending it off into the sunset and hoping for the best. (laughs) Uh, John McCarthy, speaking of wood movement, has anything notable happened with the gaming desk Mm -mm. yet? Not yet. No explosions. Though I will say, so I... I sat down. Here we go. <laughs> I sat down Here to, we and go. I used the truth comes out. <laughs> what is what's what's the deal with like the gum catch underneath it? It's where you put your gum. What are you talking <laughs> there's about? There's like a groove. So I felt That's for the LED light. Oh. So there's a channel it, it under like, the underside that a LED neon light strip is shoved up into. I can just see So you feel it with your fingers? It's a piece of plastic or rubber. Because it's like a little it's a little groove. Here's the thing. I don't want to fill it. Yeah. I could certainly fill no. that, but then I can't easily replace those lights if it happens that I need to. Because when I felt that, I'm like, this is a place that gum and boogers are gonna end up. Well, Nicole, <laughs> throw your gum in the trash and put your boogers in a tissue. I don't Not know why me. why are you wiping Not your boogers me. on no, a desk? I'm talking about Mateo oh. if you sit there <laughs> gaming. Because he sits there and he just kinda and then he just... Well, let's fix that. Don't blame my desk for our son's t- faults. I have tissues everywhere. My God. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the groove that is... Um, it's basically pressure okay. fit. Okay. And I've got a little hot glue that holds the, the LED strip in place. Um, it also... The other thing is I, I use that as a way to kind of let the strip yeah. breathe. Uh, uh, in case there's any heat buildup. That makes sense. It's got access to air. But um, it's I nice just, to know that you wipe your boogers. No, I, not me. Can I tell that story about that time when you flicked a booger and hit my arm? That was you! Oh, that was me that did that? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brian P. wants to know, is there a standard for rough sawn lumber to dimensional lumber yield, i.e., I can't do these numbers, four and four, what's four, four four quarter? 
Yeah, four, four quarter. I, four quarter yields a three quarter inch board. What would a six quarter? Yeah, just Google that, Brian. Um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. For instance, the ones I work with the most are four quarter and eight quarter. So four quarter, you can at least expect to get a three quarter inch board, right. if not a little bit more. If it's truly roughs on, uh, if you're milling it yourself and it's a fairly straight board, that's why I love really really rough stock because that means that I actually may end up at seven eighths. And I like that better than three quarters. So, like eight a, quarter, you could expect one and three quarters of an inch as your final dimension after that, milling. Everybody outside of the U.S. that does doesn't use Imperial is going. Yeah. What are they talking about? Oh, hold on, we got Don't some worry, uh, it title suggestions for the show. Nicole's boogers. Stop it. I actually think we should be more descriptive. Nicole wipes her boogers no! under desks. I was thinking my son using this. I'm going after we're done here. I'm going to go look for boogers and gum. <laughs> That's it. There's a the title: boogers and gum. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh my God! Crazy. All right, we got <laughs> we got Weston asking. Just made a large jewelry box cabinet with dovetails for my mom. Oh, that was nice. And pre-finished the interior before the glue up. Mm-hmm. Question: mm-hmm. Does oil on wood before gluing affect the strength of the joint? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so oil has. I mean, I don't know exactly what you used. You could have used. Uh, straight oil, like a boiled linseed oil or tongue oil, uh, or you may have used an oil-based product that happens to have some varnish in it. So oils will kind of soak into the fibers, and the whole point of using them is that they tend to seal, or at least partially seal, especially if it's just like a single coat of oil. It's not really going to be truly sealed, but it'll be a little bit sealed, only mostly dead. (laughs) Mostly dead. Uh, And in order for most typical woodworking glues to work, they have to absorb into the fibers. So if you sealed off those fibers, you do impact the glue joint's strength. Now, depending on the, you know, what joints you used, uh, are we talking about the dovetail joints? Because depending on how you did that, really the most strong point of that joint is on the sides, uh, where the long grain meets the long grain. So as long as you didn't get oil there, you're perfectly fine. It shouldn't be a problem. So there's a lot of uh, it depends on this based on the structure of the project, what kind of material you used. The glue can still work, and sometimes if it's a small piece that's just contained and everything's captured, it'll be fine. Um, But most of the time, just general practice, you want to keep the wood as raw as possible before the wood glue hits it. Um, Alternatively, if you know that it's been pre-finished, you know there's some oil there, you could use something like a polyurethane glue or epoxy, which is going to care a little bit less about the fact that, that that wood has some oil on it. Uh, let's see. I had, there was a suggestion from, <laughs> what? Kevin Windsor says, some think it's candy, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like Elf? Yeah. Getting the gum off the railing? Uh, oh, let's geez. see. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I'm out of questions. Jboats51 so says, thank you for your poly mineral spirits finishing vi- video. It's my favorite way to finish. You're welcome. And speaking of finishing, we got Marshall Evans in the chat, and he's trying to finish stage... He's on the finishing stage of a table. Unfortunately, it's been freezing in Nebraska this week, and I have no heat source in my shop. What temp would you make sure your shop is at to apply poly? The one on the back of the can. Yeah. Does it say it on the back of the it's can? It's usually, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's usually, what, in the 60s, 65 degrees, maybe 55 at the, the lowest. Um, but There are a lot of times I will tell people to ignore the instructions on the back of a finishing can because there's a lot of CYA action uh, going on there. 
But in this case, temperatures really do matter. And I would follow the manufacturer's instructions. If you can't get your shop up to that temperature and you can't move the piece that you built into a place that has that temperature, then stop and wait. Um, I don't think you want to really deal with uh, a finish that isn't curing like that. So um, follow the manufacturer's instructions. Keeping on the finishing track, John McCarthy says, what's your go-to method for stripping old finish off furniture when you used used to do it professionally? Mother-in-law wants me to refinish her dining room table. Well, they used be, to dip it. Let's be careful with that word professional. Yeah. You were paid. <laughs> sling that around. You were paid yeah, to no, do it. I was paid. Technically, it was professionally <laughs> it done. Was. Uh, well, yeah, I mean... They had a dip, dip, a huge dip tank. When I worked at a refinishing shop, there was a giant uh, tank. I think it's the same one that the Joker fell into uh, that caused him to have his, uh, yes. know, his problems. Yes. And uh, after, I mean, but it was basically regular um, furniture uh, finish stripper. Um, I forget what the chemical is called, but it's pretty nasty stuff mm-hmm. and you don't really want to play with that. So, I mean, they make a lot of uh, nicer, more environmentally friendly uh, strippers on the market, citrus strippers and things. They just take more time to work. So uh, when I did your brother's door um, yeah. way back when, yeah, I used a citrus uh, stripper and you just let it sit and then come back with a scraper and scrape that schmutz off of there. It's a little bit better to, to work with and, and not as nasty. Um, that's really what I have used in the past. I try to scrape and sand if possible with a good you know, dust collector so it's not all getting out into the environment. Um, if you don't have to use stripper, you know, why, why use it? What um, is that stripper called? Citrus strip, I think, was the one that I got. Uh, strip. Either that or uh, Candy was her name. <laughs> I know that's what you were saying. I know, for, Nicole. I know. So I had to go for Which it. one was it? I don't know. It's just it's one of them. Yeah. Pick a pick a bottle. Pick any a bottle. bottle. Really? Are they all the same? They're kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. But well, if you really want, I think what is it? Methylene chloride? Is that what the? It just hit me. I think that's the one that you buy, uh, like at Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, that's the really nasty stuff. You got to be much more careful with that. Because there's like Smart Strip. Here's the thing. I don't do this very often, so there probably are other new products that maybe work better uh, that you might want to look into. Don't make fun of me for I'm swallowing not, my I'm uvula. Not, I'm not making. I didn't. I say have a, an enlarged uvula. Yeah. I determined. <laughs> It's, it's huge. <laughs> I'm just. It's funny. Did you buy it underneath the business? Because I was just I bought looking. it at Home Depot. Oh, you went to Home Depot. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're curious, I'm going to throw one of these in our Amazon uh, store. So if you go to Amazon, Amazon.com. The stripper's name was Cinnamon. <laughs> slash shop slash the Wood Whisperer. Uh, You'll see it underneath Friday Live. I'm looking there for. Go. go to Home Depot. I'm looking for a, uh, a stripper. I think it's uh, called Cinnamon. <laughs> She was very nice to me last time I was here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I got more questions. Uh, this one is from John. Uh, did I already ask this one? Hmm. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Matt Van Overloop says that it was banned. You can't get it anymore. What? The good stuff. Oh. The, the methylene like, chloride. People were like, it was all one of those of things dance. where you spread it around, and I'm, you know, wearing gloves. I'm being yeah. careful with this stuff, but sometimes you get a little, you know, splash. Yeah. And I and you know it when it happens. I remember in Arizona, I would get like a little tiny spot on my leg, and it's almost like a, a horsefly yeah. is biting you. You're uh-huh. like, ah, oh, and you go and wash it off real quick. It yeah. is stuff is nasty. That's crazy. Uh, question from John, making sure I didn't ask this one yet. He said, "What do you recommend for a dining table?" That the finish is unknown. We're talking about finishing a lot today. Mm-hmm. We've been covering it for fear of damaging it and would like the wood to be protected for normal dining. 
Um, Do I did I get that right? The finish is unknown. Uh, John, just use your table, man. Um, the finish not being unknown to you, I don't know that that should like limit how much you use the table or well, how much you need to protect been, yeah. it. The thing is, just use it. Um, usage will kind of tell you something about it. But does it look like it has a finish it's on like it? He doesn't want to refinish it is what I'm gathering. <laughs> well, sure. But, I mean, you don't want to be those people that put plastic on your couch like my grandma used to, right? There, so, that's, a, that's a funny thing. There's a, if you have HBO Max, there is a really funny show called How To with John. I can't remember his last name. Uh, but he does a whole episode on mm. protecting why people put plastic on their furniture. Yeah. It was really funny and like, interesting. The people who don't take the plastic film off like, of their TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, <laughs> he like interviewed a ton of people yeah. that put plastic on their furniture. It was really funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking in terms of if I received a table and I couldn't tell what finish was on it, I don't know that I would... John Wilson. I would it. treat it any differently. You want to be careful with it because it's a piece of furniture that you purchased and you want it to look good. Take all the same precautions you always take but I don't know like what you're looking for out of this. Like even if you knew what the finish was, um, I don't know how that might change your behavior. You're going to use the table like you would normally use a table, <clears throat> and just see what happens <laughs> from that point. Um, so Brad is here. It's how to like, cover uh, your furniture was the episode. Watch it; it's really funny. Yeah. Okay, had trouble adding that to the feed. Uh, Brad from Fix This Build That. Hey, Brad. This morning, it's like the show of the stars. They're all here. Where's Cremona? He's busy. Uh, Posting pictures of logs and telling people what temperature it is. Really <laughs> so, important stuff. Taking pictures of snow. Is yeah. it snow there? Snow I would and, have to and imagine. logs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, it's cold. Is it? It's like sub-zero temps Ooh. every day. Uh, let's see. David Hernandez. PM 2000 table saw issues with lowering the casters. The casters engage when I put pull the tilt wheel yeah. and raise. When I lower... When lowering, it's like a hundred turns with resistance. Have you had this? Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is and what the screw is that they're using in there to bring those casters down. But when I had to move that thing for the floor project recently, uh, I was remarking to John about this. Like, I don't know why it's designed this way, but it takes about a thousand turns to get that David to said, go all the way I down. I think you're exaggerating because David said it was only a hundred. It was at least a hundred. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. It takes okay. a lot. Like, I don't know what the deal is with that and why it takes so long, but it's the same way for me. Eventually you get there, you know, get a sandwich while you're there. Just keep turning. Get a sandwich. So you have something to do, uh, but it takes a while. David, you're not alone. Uh, Phil, I'm having a hard time figuring out how to use a Kerf, make, Kerf Maker jig. Watched various videos, never knew that I was ADHD. Can you explain in an easy to understand terms? My nope. dados are too wide. I can't. I don't have one. I've oh. never used one. Uh, it's supposed to make it easier. So I don't, I don't know why it's not easier for you. Uh, it's okay, Phil. I, 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 Phil, I wish I could give you instructions Maybe somebody in the chat room can uh, point you to a good resource. Well, something seems like it's really missing because the whole point of something like that is to make that sizing of the dado mm -hmm. a whole lot easier. Yeah. The only trick I use for that is Woodpecker's uh, little dado hoochie thing that they have. So they, they for a period of time. <laughs> what is it? <clears throat> dado hoochie? A dado hoochie. A dado hoochie. If you search on their site, I'm gonna I'm going to look Woodpecker's dado hoochie. Yeah, so they got this little thing. Uh, <laughs> setting up a dado stack. 
A lot of times the trouble with setting it up is the fact that you can't really compress the plates very well to get an accurate measurement on it. So they came up with this little thing, um, I think we even showed it here on uh, the morning show, um, where you actually can kind of load it up on the bench top and get your data stack in there, get your inserts in there, get your little shims in there, tighten it up, and then you use this little uh, tester to determine what the width of that is. Is it called the exact width NATO <coughs> jig? Is, no. that, is that it? No? Nope. Nope. That's their exact width dado jig. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking. Yeah, and it's a, just a little tester. Oh, thing. dado setup fixture? Yes. I found it for you, Phil. But again, it's retired. This, yeah. is, oh. no, this is no good for you. Oh. Don't, don't, that's you, might, the, you might be able to find it aftermarket. Possibly. Do you have one? I do. We can this is what I'm talking about. That's If I use something that's like a gimmicky trick yeah. to get a dado sized, that's what I use. But gotcha. most of the time, I kind of just get pretty close and then make one adjustment with a shim, test it again, and then move forward. Yeah, it says it's out of stock. But again, the Kerf Maker is, or I think that's what it's called. Yeah, the yeah, Kerf Kerf It's supposed maker. to be easy, and I, I don't know enough about have it. Have you though. reached out to the company that makes them? Because they might have something that could is help that, um, you. Is that Bridge City Toolworks that makes that, yeah. you guys? Kerf Maker Jig? Yeah, I, I think it know. is. I think Kerf it's Bridge City. Jig. All right. I don't know. Yeah, they won't uh, answer it. They moved everything to China. It says rock. Just kidding. Hot. <laughs> Uh, it says yeah, Rockler. It oh, yeah, Bridge City. Bridge City Toolworks. Bridge City. All right, what else we have? we got to round out this show, right, Nicole. Right, right, right. I know I we're can... late, but we can't go much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, i got things to do. Make sure I didn't miss any Super Chats. <laughs> I'll I think, try. I think I'm, I'm uh, <clears throat> caught up, but then again, i got to just a message. Karen G, mm -hmm. I make a lot of router bowls, and I've had a hard time sanding the inside where the grain is, as well as the curve where it transitions to face grain. I mostly do it by hand because every shortcut I've ever tried causes me more work in the end. I don't mind putting in the work, but it takes me forever. Um, I'd like these to turn out quicker. Is there a better, easier way to get good results? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're using specifically, Karen. Uh, look into what bowl turners will use a lot of times. So Did there uh, are... Ashley talk about anything like that in the mm -hmm. bowl turning class? Yeah, maybe. I think yeah. so. Uh, I think there are attachments that you can buy that you could put into a regular you know, battery-powered drill. Um, that's one thing to look into. So it's just a soft pad on a stick, basically, and you, you just put a little sticky uh, sandpaper on there, and you can kind of get into all your contours. Um, I believe uh, ArborTech. Didn't oh, yeah. ArborTech come out with something for sanding bowls Maybe. and sanding yeah, carvings? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so they probably have something that you can look into. I mean, the, the idea is it's just, you know, spending enough time in there uh, to go and progress through your grits. Um, I don't know that it's going to work for something that's really small, but you might look into... Dang it, I don't even have one. Why do I not have a gooseneck scraper? Um, yeah, you have one. I thought I could... I saw one. Nope, a gooseneck card scraper is one that has lots of you know, various, it looks, looks like a French curve. Um, it's got a lot of various um, uh, radii on it. So you might be able to get that in there and start with the scraper. And the scraper will clean out all of the, you know, mill marks, the cup marks, the things from your turning tools or what, it's a carve bowl, right? Not a turn Usually, bowl. I mean, cause here's, they have like one, two mm -hmm. cherries has a. Um... But you might start with a little bit of scraping and the scraping will kind of uh, speed things up so that you can then jump to a high grit sanding and finish with that. And that won't uh, put a lot of extra scratches. Hey, GFM has a whole yep, he's set. Got a little set. Do we sell the gooseneck? We don't have a gooseneck scraper. Here's the thing. There's very few occasions and the type of work that I do that a gooseneck scraper is a good choice. Gotcha. That's why we sell... Well, maybe we should tell them about the scraper we sell. Yeah. 
I don't know how big these bowls are or how big the, the, the radius is, but we sell a scraper called the mouse scraper that's shaped like this because it looks like a little mouse. Aww. These are at TWW Don't store. get dust in my coffee. Well, I didn't realize there was dust. <laughs> what about the time I blew dust in your eyes? Oh, you yeah, that? I do remember that. Good times. Uh, these are at TWWstore.com. I prefer these far and away over a gooseneck scraper. The reason I don't like the gooseneck is because in order to get that shape, it has to turn in on itself, and a good portion of that scraper is completely unusable uh, for, for you know, doing these concave surfaces. So this shape, however, kind of like a kidney bean, but we call it the mouse, or it's a whale, depending on your perspective. Um, this guy <laughs> has a bunch of different radii and a flat on it, and I find this much, much more useful for things like that. So I don't Ray know. Gilmore also says Eagle America uh, or MLCS. MLCS. They're, Boom, baby. they're the same company. Sell bowl sanding bits as well. But there you go. So look into it. Check out um, Eagle America or MLCS. And Karen, I think you're a guild member. We have a, a vendor discount with MLCS and mm -hmm. Eagle America, 10% off your order. And free shipping. There you go. The Arbor Tech system is just okay, says Danny Fries. So there's your review. <laughs> Take Danny's word for it. It's just okay. <laughs> Foxhall Woodworks. I just got here. What happened? What happened? Where are we? <laughs> Great, Scott. Welcome to uh, to the Cremona <laughs> evening show. Uh, Pooterball's in the chat. Pooterball. Pooterball. I love Pooterball. We named one of our shows after Pooterball. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> are there any good arguments between a 5-inch and a 6-inch ET? As sander. Yeah, I got a great argument. Don't buy the five, buy the six. Okay. The five is stupid. Why um, would, well, you it's, might want a smaller If you one. work with smaller scale projects and you often find yourself uh, maybe in a corner where the diameter of the pad could inhibit how far in you can get and that's a problem for you, uh, then maybe the five inches is the way to go. But 99% of the time, for me, the more real estate I have in square inches on that pad means I'm going to sand faster and I will be spending a lot less time sanding. It also means that it's a lot more stable um, on large surfaces. I have no use for a five inch sander. I have completely 100% moved over to six inch sanding pads. And if you do, you know, if you build the stuff that I build and you, you know, build it in the similar way that I build it, you're gonna be happier with a six inch sander. So to, to follow up on John, John's question was talking yeah. about the dining table, the finishes unknown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was actually he inherited him from from his father who father-in-law who recently okay. so passed away. So now we're we're basically talking about something that has a uh, huge sentimental value mm -hmm. that he just wants to baby because that's the right thing He's to like, do. He's like it may be an oil finish. So. Understood. So again, I still don't have a better answer for yeah, you yeah, because yeah. I mean there are things you can do to figure out what finish it is, but I think it's a matter you, of like, living test, with it. Like underneath like you can but the problem is a lot of times people and companies don't finish the underside exactly uh, the same way or to the same extent that they finish gotcha. the top so you test it on the underside it, you know it may not tell you what you need to know um but yeah i mean i don't really have great advice other than just take it easy with the table <laughs> and then you know everything that happens is fixable you could certainly deal with it when it happens um, but I don't know that there's much you can do other than use it and then look at the results mm -hmm. of that use. Austin Jones has a funny question because I could totally see you doing this. What's this. What's your method of getting out of refinishing projects? <laughs> it seems like as soon as people find out I'm a woodworker, they ask me to refinish something for them. Well, usually, if no doesn't work, try hell no. <laughs> that I find to be pretty effective. 
refinishing uh, really sucks. Yeah. I mean, if, if you if it's a labor of love, some people do enjoy it. Uh, if it's let's say it's like the the piece that you got from a family member uh, that means something to you and you want to put that time and effort into it, sure, go Here's for it. Here's my method, because uh, when people find out I sew, they think I can sew anything, yeah. <laughs> and I can't. I say, oh, I don't do that. Oh, that's not something that's, you want to ask me to do. That's not what I do. Yeah. Uh, here, let me find somebody, and I just Google, you know, local, and I yeah. send them to people that are advertising that they do this stuff. Right. I think if you really need a good excuse and you're just trying to be nice, one of the things you can do is say that, look, refinishing um, is a process that is very, it's tough. It's, yeah. It's tough on the material to refinish and that you don't feel comfortable taking responsibility for their furniture. When I worked at that refinishing shop, on the wall, there was a sign that said, we are not responsible for damage that occurs as part of the finishing process. So we'll try to fix everything that happens but we can't be held responsible if a veneer delaminates because mm. we tried to refinish it. Um, it's a very difficult process. Uh, I mean, difficult in the sense that it's hard on the materials. Uh, so you could always get out of it by saying, look, I don't want to take on the responsibility for possibly ruining your yeah. piece of furniture. Like, what, what's the outcome if I ruin it? Like, that's what you could ask them. So what so if, if I, I completely screw So what this if up? I ruin it for you? Yeah. Like, what if it just... <laughs> You know, yeah. like you said, delaminates. Mr. Seminole 77 says uh, uh, 77 people in the house. Yo, I'm a 77. I'm a 76. My old lady. <laughs> All right. Uh, TWW mouse scrapers <laughs> and variable thickness. No, we only have one thickness. Uh, we used to carry a very thick rectangular card scraper, but it didn't sell that well. I, I actually do like a good thick scraper sometimes. Um, but in the case of the mouse scraper, the thickness I don't think is, is really a great thing. Check this out, though. <clears throat> So when we were getting these done, uh, the guy who makes them said, hey, what do you think about a really thick version? Look at this chonker, you guys. Chonker. Can you see that? That's a chonker. That right, is a here, chonker. Listen. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is almost, I would say it's probably about three sixteenths of an inch in thickness. Uh, he sent me this as a sample. I said, well, that's fantastic. I can use this to kill small animals <laughs> around my house, like the rabbits that bur <laughs> burrow under the house. <laughs> pop them in the head with it uh, but otherwise i don't think this is going to be all that useful to me so we didn't have these made but i've got one you want to buy it yeah <laughs> hey did you see I, I wanted to make sure you saw fix this build that said hey guys i just wanted to say Brad. thanks thanks for everything you Brad. you all do yeah i put that up there and oh, I, I, I said he was here oh, when was i said it was a star-studded show yeah it's fun. like we got a it red carpet nice. jay cats yeah. moses walks down yeah. does his little sachet takes a picture <laughs> then brad walks by all right. All right. Uh, let's see. There was one other question. Oh, somebody asked about the quilt rack. How's it coming along? Josh, Joshua 80. How's it coming along, well, let's Mark? Fin let's finish off the show. Yeah. And I'll go get it. Okay. I'll be right back. So because I, I quilt, we have many quilts in this house. A lot of them are on the floor or on like a little thing that they fall off on the floor. And so I w worked with Mark to build a quilt rack ladder which is how I damaged his outfit table. I'm not going to be able to get mic'd up. Oh, that's okay. And Mark is one-upping me <laughs> and making another quilt rack. But I this said, is this is a standing rack. I said, that's not a quilt rack. <laughs> this is a quilt this rack. This is a quilt rack. <laughs> All right, so here is the, the where it's at right now. So are you going to put something across, or is this it? Well, this is it. Oh. I thought, why, why, why don't you have two? Nicole, settle down. 
There's gonna be bars okay. that go from one side to the other. Hi, everybody. Um, there's gonna be bars that go from one leg to the other. Okay. Uh, that top rail is not actually intended for quilts. Oh, okay. That's decorative. Okay. We'll probably still use it for quilts. Can you can you make a heart in there? <sighs> so there's gonna be bars that go from side to side. And you also have a uh, little shelf on the bottom, which yeah. is because it's like dead space yeah. underneath there. Uh, I decided to put a shelf there, and you could stack up blankets there as well. <laughs> but there will be three. I originally was going to go stainless steel, but I don't think I'm going to like the way that looks. So I have three-eighths inch brass rods yeah. that will connect from side to side, and okay. that will be what you actually hang your quilts on. So, so that's a no on the heart. <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh, I dropped oh. my mic. That was a mic drop. Party foul. Oh. I'm just okay. giving, I'm giving them a hard time. Mark's Woodworks, Nicole's Quilts shouldn't be the worst. <laughs> shouldn't they be worst at the worst enemies? <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Fight. Yeah, I'm going to fight you. You know what I'm going to do? I'll put a heart on there, like a tattoo heart. Mm. It says mom on it. <laughs> How about that? Hey, if you, if you, uh, if you ever want to follow my quilting, I sometimes, well, I put a lot of it up on my Instagram. <laughs> Shut up. Andrew says he's in tears because of my reaction. My reaction was a no reaction. <laughs> so the, the, the quilt that I'm making right now is a video game quilt. Over the years, I've collected lots of video game shirts that never seem to fit. So I've turned them into a quilt. So I'll actually be able to use these shirts. But uh, this is what I'm currently working on right now. You realize now I'm going to have to do a damn heart inlay I'm on that thing. Oh, inlay. Yes. yes. All right, let's... We'll see what happens. Uh, let's let's uh, let's let's finish off the show, huh? <laughs> yes, let's finish the show. Ah, Brian says, as a official TWW design consultant, no heart. <laughs> Brian. Brian says, no heart, no heart for you. <laughs> Mark's expression: Can you add a heart? <laughs> okay. Oh, good I think stuff. we're done here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna Tell head on about over. the after show. We're gonna continue this. Whatever this um, is. In the after show. So if you are a YouTube member, head on over to the community tab and you'll see a link to the show that you can just click on it. If you are a Patreon subscriber, I'm actually going to put the link to the post and you can get there easily through the post as well. So thanks for uh, supporting the channel. Really, the after show is just more goofing around. More of this crap. Just uh, not a lot of woodworking going on. Everyone's saying to use the CNC for the heart. Well, the problem is the rail's already made. Yeah. And if you think that I could precisely locate a heart on a curved rail on my CNC, you grossly <laughs> overestimate my CNC skills. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyway. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. We will catch some of you in the after show. Thanks for your support. Have a great weekend. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye-bye.